And once again, welcome back to another episode of City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, as media director, and thrilled to be here on this brisk Wednesday, or Thursday, excuse me. We're, we're a day late on this one because you've been busy. Busy week. Busy time of year, anyway. This is the mayor of the city of Quincy, the great city of presidents and generals and so many more, shipbuilding, and, and well, we're here for another episode of, of uh, podcasting. And today, Mayor, we're going to start off with... The, what I like to call the sexiest subject of the city, taxes. Well, it's that time of year we set the tax rate. Yeah. And it's probably the loneliest time of the year to be the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, this is something that happens everywhere, every city and town and everywhere. And there has to be a rate adjustment every single year, correct? Well, yeah. Let let me say this, that cities and towns in Massachusetts are built, the revenue is built around property taxes. And at a Prop 2.5, which was passed back in 1979 or 80, um, this is the way the cities and towns raise their money. So every year, the taxes go up. And that's, uh, you know, it's typical of just about every city and town in Massachusetts. So it's a reality that comes every year. Um, one of the major drivers these days is the values of properties. The values have gone, they've skyrocketed. I mean, I, I don't know else to say it. And I guess if you're selling your home, and retiring is something and moving on. That's a wonderful thing. If you're no plans on retiring anytime soon, well, it's it's a little more challenging. The flip side is for most people that live every day, that just go out to work, work hard, they don't have all kinds of extra cash and so forth. Their big investment is their home. So you want to see your investment, your home value go up because mm. at some point it brings that cash value back to you. So that's important to, to recognize with people. The and I, I'll also say that, you know, generally speaking, we fall about mid-range, 351 cities, towns. We're about in the middle on the taxes, on the average on the taxes. For one of the largest cities in the state. Yeah, but, but having said that, I would also suggest, and I've said it before, and uh, I'm sure people cringe when I say it, but that we're at the top of the pile when it comes to services. I mean, honestly, when you break it down, I don't care if you talk about parks, if you talk about schools, you talk about library services, veteran services, senior services. Emergency services. Emergency, 911, one of the greatest uh, response times in the Commonwealth. Plowing, you know, rubbish removal, picket. I mean, it, mm. it's a clean city, a safe city. I mean, we could go on and on. So, we, so it costs money to run and operate a city at this high level. I think we've raised the bar, and I've heard that from a lot of people, that what a beautiful city it is, how clean it is, how safe it is. I'm not saying we don't have challenges. We're not without issues. That that you know we're 102,000 mm. people, and it's going to be issues. But but quite a lot. I mean, it's it it feels like a small town in many ways mm. because of that safety feeling. Because it's so clean. You know, you go to cities our size. There's graffiti everywhere. The there's litter everywhere. The crime rates, if you look at them, they're higher. So you know, it's a tribute to all those that work hard in the city. Always tip my hat to our public employees who do a great job. Doesn't mean that sometimes we have to deal with some public employees on issues, but <laughs> really, they do a remarkable job because they love the city, you know. And and uh, so we thank them. Uh, that's why it happens. So yes, we'll be going to the city council very soon next week on the vote on the reclassification, which is uh, just so people understand. Businesses pay a lot more. Commercial pays a lot more, almost double than what residential pays. So that helps ease the tax rate. The new development helps to ease the taxes. Last year, because of COVID, we we suppressed it. We used some one-time monies to keep it low because we knew people struggling. So 
Uh, this year, it's going up more than it did last year. But when I look at what's happening around us, we're well below our neighbors. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because even Weymouth, I mean, I think it's got some Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a, a shot at anybody. Milton is going up on the average 320 average single family. Weymouth's going up on the average $357, mm. the average single family. And Braintree, it hasn't been officially released, but on the on the state website, it's it's looking at $414 for the average single family. Now, that could change a little bit before the town finally sets it, but that's the range. So we're, we're going to be in the $230 range which is a whole lot less than those people around us. Mm. And I would suggest, and this is not a criticism to any of those communities, they're great communities, but none of them compare to Quincy on services, mm. period. It is what it is. Right. So I'm proud to say that. So, uh, so, so Monday night, that'll town. go to the council, that's, and okay. uh, yeah, the average single family will be going up uh, on the average about 230 The uh, values are up just incredibly. The average single family value is up, let's see, between last year and this year, $26,000 just in one year. Unbelievable. Uh, so it's, uh, it, is, it is pretty great. Where do you go with and invest your money to get that kind of a return? And I like to remind people. That, and I know there's, there's people out there that struggle to make it. I get it. There are options for them, particularly the seniors. If they want to go down and see the Board of Assessors, there are, they could defer their taxes, which means someday after they have passed It'll be settled with their estate. Mm-hmm. Um, there, but there are options. There are abatement programs for some of them. If they're a widow, if they're a veteran. So they're, they should check into the assessor's office for, for those folks that may fall in those categories, uh, for sure. You know, overall, um, it's a great city. It's a great city because of what I just talked about. And it does cost money to operate a city in town. We do get other revenues from the state and federal government for various purposes, but uh, for the most part, a vast amount of our revenue is driven from the property tax to run the city. Right. I know you've said this before, and I know people don't necessarily get it or like it, and no matter what we say, there are going to be haters and disbelievers, I would say. But at the same time, I think that you have always said before, we could be going up a lot more. There's a lot more room there, correct? Yeah, so when I mention Prop 2.5, and this is where it gets complicated, a lot of... Um, Worth mentioning, though. A lot of my colleagues in government don't even really grasp this, but under Prop 2.5, when it was uh, enacted many, many years ago, it's reduced taxes because you know the, the calculations were done differently back then. Now it's purely based on the value of your home. There's other factors that come into play, but it's essentially the value, and that will dictate things. But each year, you levy. The levy means the total amount of money we raise, commercial, residential, right across the board, it's called the levy. That's the property tax levy. Well, and there's a levy limit. So each year, you're allowed to go up on the levy limit 2.5%. So it's, people think it's 2.5% on your home bill. That's not the case. It's 2.5% on the levy. So when a city and town looks at going up, they can only go up 2.5% a year on the levy mm-hmm. unless they have extra capacity in the levy limit. How does that happen? Because they don't go up to full 2.5% each and every year. Mm. So, for example, in Quincy, we'll be leaving on the table about $40 million. There'll only be about three or four communities above us that will have more excess levy capacity, mm. meaning we could be taxing far more without a Prop 2.5% override. But because we've tried to be sensitive to people sensitive to their needs and the bills over the years, we try to minimize the increases. I mean, Squanum is in the mix now for a brand new elementary school, Mark. That'll be the fourth new school under my administration. And we've never had to entertain a Prop 2 and a half override. Yeah, it's a lot of people, uh, not to get technical, but if, if you're reading the paper frequently, a school project happening, whether it's situated or, or some other community, there's usually 
a vote of the vote is to override the taxes, meaning they're agreeing to pay more mm. to accomplish a new school. We're on our fourth new school. We don't have to get near the override. Right. We, we're doing a public safety hit because we, we, the stuff that we've been doing over the last several years, we're doing within our tax levy limit. We've got far excess levy limit. Our average single tax bill is lower than the state average. As I said, we fall in the middle. I, you know, I know no one likes to pay taxes. Yeah, no, it's great. I was chief of staff under Jim Sheets. 1990, he took office. I remember taking calls in 1990, in the early 90s. People, don't, they don't like paying taxes. Of I get not. it. I, I get, get it. it. But yeah. when you flip it around and you look at it, and, and look, it's, it's a little harder for the property tax for people to swallow because you physically write a check, right? You see the bill come in, you write a check. Uncle Sam, they gladly just take it out of your, your paycheck, either withholding. Mm. So you, you're not writing a check until the end of the year if you haven't paid enough, right. and they can get, come back and get you. But I would suggest that the most you get for your tax dollars is at the local level. When you look at all the services, and I'm not demeaning the need or the importance of the federal or state governments, that's not my point, but most of the services that are provided at the local level, it's all from your local government. Really, yeah, just all those things I mentioned, it comes yeah. from the local government. So that's what it pays for. Yeah, that's what it pays for. Well, we remember back when we were kids what a two and a half override looked like. <laughs> well, it's laid was off, devastating. police, fire, devastating, brutal. Yeah. It was incredible. I remember the park that. department. I know that one because I, I was a park commissioner for a while. But the park budget was cut by fifty percent. Wow, under Prop Two and a Half. Yeah. It was it was very difficult times. Yeah, yeah. So we're in good shape. So I appreciate you giving us the update, Mayor. I'm sure m- most folks will appreciate that update as well. I'm going to be positive and say that. Oh, we'll see. All right. So <laughs> let's switch, shift gears a little bit and talk about a few construction projects that are happening or where they're at in the city right now. Yeah, well, you know what? This, uh, the public works construction is, is just about shutting down. I looked at the long-term forecast for next week. It looks like it's going to be a good week. So places uh, in Quincy, there's still, I drive by Albion Road, so I see that one, for example. They got uh, the sidewalks in. They, the road binder will probably get in. But, you know, you, we're up against it on the weather. So yeah. uh, those public road projects that we've seen around will be closing down probably next week. And whatever is left, they'll finish it in the spring. None of it will be left in a condition that would be unsafe yeah. or any of that. It, it really comes down to the weather. We try to get as much in as we possibly can. And, of course, we're also in the middle of the street sweeping season, coming to the end of that, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, and then trans- the public works department, you know, kind of transitions into the snow mode. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those trucks, for example, you see a street sweeper go by. There's usually some dump trucks parked in the neighborhood. The sweeper then goes and dumps into the dump, dump truck and then goes back and does more sweeping. It only holds so much in the, in the hopper of the sweeper. So, right. so now those dump trucks next week, they're going to have salters on them. Okay. And, we, and so that's what I mean when you transition the equipment. Multi-use, yeah. Multi-use pieces of equipment, you get it ready for the season. Obviously, we had a little bit of a dusting last night, and they did salt some of the mains and some of the hills. It was just enough to be a pain in the neck. But, yeah, and, yeah. We, cause, and we knew it was going to hit 40 today, so you don't want to spend a lot of money, and then it just goes down the drain, literally. So, right. so we're prepared. This is the odd year. Remind people out there that parking is allowed on the odd side of the side streets. The main thoroughfares, there's no parking under a snow emergency at all. But the side streets, and, and people that, that live in the neighbors, they, they get it. There's some streets that... They only park on one side anyway because it's so narrow. Mm-hmm. And remind we remind people that that's all about public safety. It's about making sure we can get up and down the streets with, you know, police and fire and ambulance and so forth to yeah. serve the public. So it's important. And we get a lot of people that move in and move out of the city every year, so they don't necessarily understand the guidelines or the rules. But hopefully it'll be a quiet winter, Mark. We won't have to spend <laughs> a lot of money on snow and ice, but well, this, we're you prepared. Just, you just answered the third question that I was going to ask you. Is a preparation for winter. 
Yeah. And uh, we're all there. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. Yeah. We're ready to go. Right. El Grazioso, our public works commissioner, Larry Prenderville, the Love superintendent, Larry. they really work it hard. Their whole team. We get excellent employees. We get excellent contractors. Uh, we break the city down into roots. You know, I, I'm, it's not to say that every storm it, it's perfect because sometimes you have different drivers. Somebody's not there. They don't know all the the nooks and crannies. You, you go into some of our neighborhoods, it's very narrow streets. Yeah. And, it's, it's challenging. So, um, you know, we always ask people to be patient, but also that uh, we recognize you pay taxes. You expect the streets to be done. I think we do a good job on it. And if you're not happy to call me. And the hundreds away. of miles of uh, streets that we are prepared to take care of this year. So thank you, Mayor. Uh, and by the way, if you do want to reach out to the mayor's office, feel free to call anytime at 617-376-1990. That's 617-376-1990. Constituent Services is 376-1550. I've never called it. I, oh, well. I just go down the hall and tell them what I, what I, what Un- I hear. Unfortunately, a podcast. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, just call 1990. You'll get us. Uh, finally, Mayor, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about, because this week we just passed Pearl Harbor Day. Yes, actually, the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. We had a program led by uh, George Nicholson, the Veterans Services, at the World War II Memorial at Mount Wallison, not the one in Marymount Park. On the 7th, yeah. And on that memorial is is all the... The men that died in service in World War II, uh, well over 200 names on that plaque. And I'm told at Pearl Harbor that Quincy lost 39 people, which is a very high ratio when you look at the amount of folks that, uh, a little over 2,100, I think, that was killed in, wow. in Pearl Harbor with that bombing. Mm. But it was, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about it at, at Mount Wallison was this, this is a reminder, history repeats itself, it's a reminder that we always have to be vigilant. And at the time, and I know you, I love the World War II history period, so I'm yeah. not suggesting I'm expert at it, but I do enjoy it. Sure, I've read I a lot too. about it. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, um, you know, Britain was was begging America to get into the war to help them because Germany was was and and Japan they were clearly moving, 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 taking over country after country, and um, Britain is it was a small country now. If, Franklin, the, the American public at the time, and through all the polls, was saying they didn't want anything to do with it. It's a foreign war. We had nothing to do with it. Stay out of it. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Now. FDI was unique in the uh, the the programs that he came up with on leasing equipment and sending equipment to both Britain and Russians and others. It was the really industrial might of the U.S. that won the war. If you if you, if you look at, it. I'm not mm-hmm. taking minimizing the importance of the airman, the sailor, and the soldier, but the equipment, you know, the Ford factories, the GMC factories, the General Motors, all of that. They yeah. tr- yeah. they all transitioned into right. war machines to make. Uh, in fact, Quincy Quincy Shipyard. We made hundreds of ships to help the war effort. My point is this. There was clearly evil. It was evil versus good. Mm. The Allies versus the Axis mm. powers. Tens of millions of people died through that. And that wasn't that long ago. Mm. It was basically a couple of lunatics who would think that kind of power and that kind of traction. Yeah. Having a strong military and being vigilant is extremely, extremely important. And by the way, evil isn't always visible like it was with the Nazis. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so at any rate, that I think it's important to remember. Too. I think we yeah. got to, you know, continue to teach our young people the commitment these men made. These guys were 16, 17, 18 years old uh, going off fighting for their nation, fighting for the world. I mean, mm. they saved the world, Mark, when you I think know. about it. And that's not an exaggeration at all. Not at all. You know? Yeah. So uh, it's important to remember. So I certainly was glad to be there the other day. And it was a good crowd there to remember those that we've lost and continue to honor the veteran. Finally, I, I was just listening to something that General Dunford said as we were working on our doc, your documentary, where he talked about how important 
growing up in a city that does remember its veterans and does remember and does celebrate Flag Day, does celebrate the Fourth of July and the parades. How yeah. important that was to help him to end up. He didn't want to be a career general. He wanted to serve. Right. But the city. And what we've been doing and remembering is really important. It has an effect on people. It does. It does. Keep in mind that we have a volunteer, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. It's and less than one percent of the population serve. You know that's pretty remarkable. And yeah. So what drives a kid to go want to go in and serve? I think it's some of it is how they grow up, what they see around them, what they experience. See now, now I know young people look up and see Dunford, and he's an inspiration to them. The Vietnam vets were an inspiration to him, yeah. as was his father, who was a Korean War vet. So, yeah. this city has had a long tradition of serving, of honoring our veterans in service, and I hope that continues long after I'm gone. Absolutely, and those those examples are the reason why we remember. So, thank you, Mayor. And I think that's a good way to good a good time to wrap up on this uh, this edition. Would you say? Sounds good. All right, we'll Thanks. see you next time, folks.